welcome to Smash Everything. This week on the show, I am so excited to finally share my interview with Chelsea Lincoln. Chelsea is so, so smart and so kind and just so positive and wonderful. I basically didn't speak for the first 10 minutes of our interview because I was just so in awe of her. So thank you so much to Chelsea for coming on the show and sharing her thoughts on fat shaming, body positivity, fatness and veganism, all sorts of like really interesting, important topics that we don't talk about enough. I do want to include a content warning. Chelsea is very fat positive and body positive, and so she's not going to shame anyone else, but she does talk about like some bullying that she has personally faced and that other people have faced and cruel words that other people have said. And so if you don't want to hear about anyone feeling shame around their bodies or being bullied around their bodies, even if it has a happy ending, um, maybe skip this episode or come back to it another time. Before I get started, I also want to say a big hello to anyone who found our podcast through the Vegan Warrior Princesses Attack episode. I really, really loved recording that episode with Nicole and Callie, and I'm excited that it seems like I will possibly be coming on their podcast soon to talk about LGBTQ topics, so cross your fingers that that'll happen. Uh, and thanks for thanks for joining me on this podcast. That's awesome. There are 56 other episodes if you'd like to catch up. For those of you who are new, just want to tell you a little bit more about different ways you can reach us. We have a Facebook page, Smash Everything Podcast. We also have an email address, which is smasheverythingpodcast at gmail.com. You can also donate money to us on patreon.com. I'm sure you're familiar with Patreon if you've ever listened to a podcast before that's not funded by some big radio corporation. Patreon is how we pay our bills to host the show. And so if you want to donate a dollar or more, you can go to patreon.com slash smash everything and that would really mean a lot. Another thing that would mean a lot is if you want to share the podcast with your friends, uh, send them the link or leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We got a really sweet review the other day. It really warmed my heart and said it was the podcast that they shared with all of their friends. So thanks for sharing with your friends. Thanks for listening. And here's our episode with Chelsea. Hey, I'm Chelsea Lincoln. Um, I am a fat vegan. I've been pretty much fat all my life and vegan for a little over 20 years now. Um, <laughs> I basically have gotten into fat activism um, after dealing with so much bullying, both from outside sources and inside sources, trying to fit the mold of what's right and not being able to. Um, so discovered fat activism and have kind of gotten involved since, you know, just a little bit after going vegan, actually. It seems like they're not that connected, but they're actually very connected to me. <laughs> Can you talk about that, how they're connected? Well, for me, it's connected because I went vegan essentially by well when I was little I was like I said I was bullied a lot and I had a guinea pig Christy who I got when I was seven years old and she became my primary individual to go to when I was sad and depressed and for support and in that I discovered how much personality and um, how smart animals are and really connected and so I was able to make the connection of my guinea pig Christy with other animals out there, the ones you eat, the ones that are tested on for cosmetics, which was a big thing when I was in high school. And so down the road, I was, that's primarily why I went vegan is because mm -hmm. she was able to help me make those connections. And it was all because I was bullied and needed oh. the support and she was my support. <laughs> oh. Do you remember like the first times you sort of discovered fat activism and how you first got involved in that? Can you talk about that? Um, you know, when I started it, I actually didn't know there was the whole fat activism world out there. 
I started by writing a zine called Take It, It's My Body. And it was kind of my beginning stages of body acceptance. And it was my way of kind of trying to help um, unsocialize all the conditioning I had growing up telling me that I wasn't worthy, I wasn't lovable, I wasn't good enough because of my size. Um, I was doing everything what I was told was right of exercise and eat healthy and all of that. And I was still fat. And so I was really confused until I realized I'm just fat. It's okay. I'm, and, you know, at that time, my big thing was, you know, I, I can be fit and fat because mm -hmm. I'm a perfect example of that. Um, and through that zine, I started meeting other people through conferences and other things um, and discovered there's more people out there. <laughs> um, Chrissy Durden, who did a zine called Figure Eight, was one of the first people I met doing that activism. And she was a great inspiration. And Shiloh George, who does so much activism regard, you know, in regards to um, fighting fat stigma, um, was also someone that was paramount that I met and kind of introduced me to the fat activist world. Yeah, cool. So um, can you explain just like on a basic level what fat shaming is? Because I think that we both saw earlier this week uh, a lot of people who felt like fat shaming is literally saying like, hey, you're fat, ha, ha, ha. And that was like the only kind of fat shaming. And so I was wondering if you could dive in a little bit more about like what fat shaming looks like. Yeah, fat shaming is much more complex than what you can find on a Google search. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> obviously there's, you know, the very obvious ways of fat shaming, which I definitely have felt. Mm -hmm. um, but it can be also a lot of other smaller things. Um, it can be going to the doctor's office and not getting proper treatment because of your size. It can be, you know, getting looked at funny in restaurants because of what you're eating, even though you're eating the same thing as your thin friend. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, it's just, you know, fat shaming is basically any time that people take a stereotype of fat people and put it towards you, essentially. Um, you know, to me, fat phobia is fat shaming and vice versa. Mm -hmm. A lot of people want to make this huge, you know, uh, difference between the two, but really they're completely the same. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be so obvious that no one can deny that fat shaming happened. Um, it can happen in all sorts of subtle ways as well. Yeah. So we talked about this on the podcast a couple weeks ago, but um, there has been like a recent rise in health-based veganism. And to me, being on the outside, it seems like that has increased the level of fat shaming in vegan communities? Has it always been bad? Is it like especially bad in vegan communities or is it just sort of everywhere? I think it's everywhere. Um, I definitely think I feel it worse in vegan communities. Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely has always happened when I was doing activism. Um, you know, not only was I targeted by because of my size by outside people, um, I had a hamburger thrown at me at a McDonald's protest oh by God. someone going by. Um, I once had a circus trainer tell me that I was wearing a make peace, not pork um, sweatshirt. And the circus, tra the elephant trainer told me that my parents should have thought of that before they mated me. Oh, my God. Um, I've also been and the thing is, like, in those circumstances, I've had a lot of activists around me that I also considered my friends and none of them ever stepped up. Mm -hmm. They never, you know, there was one time someone was attacking me outside of a, a restaurant where we were doing a veal protest and completely attacking what I looked like, my size, everything. And everyone just kept telling him that he was being mean. They didn't contradict 
contradict what they were he yeah. was saying. <laughs> and so it was really frustrating because I didn't feel as if there was really any allies out there, even though these were also my friends. Yeah. And so I experienced that then, and I'm definitely seeing a lot now where with all the healthism that's going on, um, it's almost like um, instead of dieting, because now everyone's realizing how bad diets are, uh, instead of the diet talk, we're getting the um, more of the you know, clean eating, Mm -hmm. you know, clean eating is the new dieting. It's just a new, another word. Um, also with the whole fitness craze, which is great to get fit. It's great to exercise. I love to exercise. You know, it's, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's being co-opted into this corporate way of telling people how they should look, how they should behave and give me money while doing so. Totally. Sorry, I just, you're just like saying so many good things in a row and I lose track of what I'm going to say next. <laughs> I'm just like listening to you be smart. Anyway. Um, well, it's really tough because, you know, this issue is so huge. It impacts mm-hmm. people's lives, vegan and non-vegans. You know, there's so much fat phobia that affects people and it's just maddening. And the fact that people out there are you know, watching things like what the health mm-hmm. <laughs> and acting as if they're suddenly the expert on, um, you know, what is healthy and thinking that it's okay to tell people that if you go vegan, you're suddenly going to be magically better. I mean, same thing. You, you see that with, you know, fat people all the time where you're told if you act a certain way, you're suddenly going to become thin. No, veganism is not the cure-all for fatness, obviously. <laughs> and there's tons of fat vegans. There's tons of fat fit healthy vegans Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you know and I should also take a second to say there is no moral obligation Mm -hmm. for people to be healthy Mm -hmm. um there's also no promise of health there's you know people face health struggles that have no they have no control over size has nothing to do with it and you know it's really awful this idea that we have this morality Mm -hmm. around health Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely it leaves out disabled folks and chronically ill folks and like people in low income areas and people that have to work, you know, 80, 100 hours a week. So it leaves out so many people, leaves out people where it's not safe to exercise. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just, I think that the focus on health over, um, you know, ostensibly over size, although really it's just like another way to focus on that size is just seen as like sort of a thing that everyone can access and it's just not a thing like not everyone can be healthy so yeah there is no obligation to be healthy and correct I just think there's two there's two separate things like fat folks can be healthy also you don't need to be healthy and there's just like so many issues going on at the same time which is like just leave everyone the fuck alone (laughs) it makes it very complex um, and it's very personal and you know, people don't realize that and they want to take stereotypes and mm-hmm. just apply it to everyone or mm-hmm. it's very frustrating. <laughs> yeah. So something I want to ask you, because you talked about how no one really stepped up and defended you um, a lot. And I've been in a couple of situations where I, as a person with thin privilege, was trying to speak to other like thin privileged folks about being less fat phobic using phrases like, fat bodies are good bodies and all bodies are good bodies and like you know it doesn't matter what size you are blah 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 trying to encourage like not demonizing fatness and I was told like that by a person that identifies as fat that like I wasn't allowed to talk about fatness because I'm not someone who identifies as fat and I was like "Mm, okay so I was wondering how uh like thinner allies could be helpful in like 
destigmatizing fatness in a way that, you know, I wouldn't get yelled at. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's hard because I think everyone has their own, you know, feelings and experiences. Um, Because for me personally, having people speak out, um, you know, especially if it's a situation where they're watching fat phobia or fat shaming taking place and stepping up and calling the people in to try and explain and educate, I think is crucial. Mm -hmm. You know, I get I I get so tired of having to feel like I'm always the have to be the one. Totally. Um, But I also have that experience and I feel like oftentimes if I don't, no one else will. Mm -hmm. I've been definitely seeing more and more people step up, but I think that's important. I, you know, obviously I wasn't there for that specific situation, but I would have just hearing about it, it sounded like it was a good thing. (laughs) I think it needs to be talked about more uh, within privileged, thin privileged communities of how to stop fat shaming, what it is, and and honor that. Yeah. I mean, there's been studies that have shown people would rather basically cut off their own mm-hmm. arm than be fat. And it's just like, really? <laughs> you know, I can guarantee you that actually being fat is not a bad thing at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's, it's really tough to hear situations like that. And it's all about what we've been socialized to believe. Yeah. You know, if we didn't have that socialization growing up of, you know, this thin, you know, be a size zero ideal, mm-hmm. you know, we wouldn't have these conversations and we'd be also looking at health holistically mm-hmm. which includes you know mental health physical health you know all all sort sorts of different aspects that we don't really think about yeah um i totally understand if you wouldn't want to share this but for folks who haven't experienced it can you talk about like the extra hurdles that fat folks experience like accessing helpful uh, medical care Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, I actually just finally found a primary care um, provider who I like. And that rarely happens. For the most part, when I go to a doctor and to seek help for something, either just general like, hey, how's how am I doing, fit? you know, health wise versus, you know, an actual issue I'm seeing them for. The conversation always becomes about weight. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's never any questions. You know, they don't ask about what you're eating mm-hmm. or your fitness level. I remember um, when I was in my early 20s, I was having a borderline hypertension. And the doctor was kind of just dismissed things and was basically like, well, just try and walk 15 minutes a day. And I was like, um, I bike 15 miles a day. Wow. <laughs> but there was no question. She had yeah. no idea what my fitness level was. Um, and it was really maddening because I'm like how can you be making any suggestions about what's going on without knowing anything about me? Mm -hmm. And it's like, you're trying to, you know, deal with what you're looking at rather than who who the person actually is. And it's just, you you can't make diagnosis that way. Um, It turns out that the moment I created healthy boundaries with my family going through some issues, suddenly my blood pressure went completely normal. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. It was completely like my mental health and stress that was causing this and it had nothing to do with my size. And that's another problem is oftentimes, um, like I've been, and this is something that's been hard for me because lately I've been having, a few months ago I had high blood pressure and it came out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And we've done all these tests and so far nothing has explained it. So I've been on medication right now while I try some other things. 
But naturally, when every obvious possibility is ruled out, they automatically go to blaming my size. Mm-hmm. And it's so frustrating because someone else who's doesn't, who isn't fat, who's having the same issues, they might look into what other more obscure things that might be causing it. Right. And it's so, it's, it's frustrating as a person where I'm like, this is not normal. This is, I've been fat all my life. I didn't suddenly get this because of my size. And luckily my new primary care provider recognizes that. So... But it's like a fight. Every time I go to the doctor's office, I feel like I have to fight to get care. Yeah. And there's people that go in that die because mm-hmm. their doctors aren't listening to them. They get diagnosed too late. Like, people are literally dying mm-hmm. because of fat phobia within the medical establishment. Yeah. And, like, there have been, I don't have any studies in front of me, but there have been studies that, like, fat phobia is actually more rampant in medical communities than even, like, in the general population, which is infuriating. <laughs> yes. Um... <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it makes me so angry because, you know, like research has shown time and time again that like 95 to 99% of diets fail. And yet we have all these doctors that are like, we're not going to help you unless you lose weight. And it's like, so you're literally just refusing to care for these people. Right. Because like it's impossible for them to do a thing that you're asking them to do long term. Like it's literally just biologically not possible. So you're just not going to help them. Correct. It's just so infuriating to me. It is. Um, So you told me that you wrote an article about fat phobia for Tofu Magazine. So. So, um, what was that? What was that about? Uh, well, that was basically about, you know, the different fat phobia experience in the animal rights community. And the purpose of the article was basically asking people to, um, embrace diversity, diverse, uh, body diversity within the vegan community. Y'all hear comments all the time about how, you know, fat vegans basically make veganism look bad, (laughs) uh, you know, because, you know, people want veganism to look like the healthiest thing, you know, that whole magical cure-all if you're vegan, where I argue that my fat body in veganism actually promotes veganism because it shows diversity. Uh, You know, anyone can be vegan. I've also had a lot of people talk about the fact that I have rosy cheeks and, you know, I'm not real thin as being like, oh, I, you know, that's great. You know, although again, you know, any type of body shaming is not okay. (laughs) And so... But that's the whole point. There's going to be all sorts of different bodies in the vegan community, and that should be celebrated, not something attacked. Yeah, absolutely. So the reason that this whole podcast sort of came to be this specific week was we were um, in in a conversation on the internet with someone who had a... Well, we had a couple of friends who are like fat identified women who shared their experiences like struggling with fat shaming. And then this man shows up out of nowhere and parachutes in and is like, well, I lost a lot of weight and it was great because obesity is bad. And we're like, okay, well, that's harmful. Maybe don't say that. And he's like, there's nothing harmful in saying obesity is bad. It's just a fact. So could you talk a little bit about how people can say things that they think are just like scientific facts, but are facts, (laughs) wow, but are actually like, you know, still hurtful and part of fat shaming? Well, it's interesting in that argument because, you know, most people just assume that, you know, fat is unhealthy is like a completely accepted thing, Mm -hmm. where it's not at all. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Linda Bacon is a great resource for Mm -hmm. looking up facts about how, um, you know, it's not that simple. Um, There's also a lot of things uh, with causation versus correlation that makes a big difference when looking at this research. Um, You know, even in the obesity research realm, there's so much disagreement 
on, you know, the cause of obesity, different things, you know, how it affects metabolism, like when you do diet. And let's just say for a second that it was proven without a doubt that being fat was unhealthy, which it isn't, but let's Mm -hmm. just pretend. Uh, (laughs) It doesn't change the fact that 95 to 99% of diets fail. Yeah. You're not giving a solution. Mm -hmm. And so you can't just say something's unhealthy when there's no solution for it. Um, You know, and that's why I always tell people we need to take weight completely out of the conversation Mm -hmm. when dealing with health. Because if, you know, if people want to talk about exercising more and finding ways to have healthier eating in their diet, then that's great but take weight out of the equation because there's no guarantee one way or another what will happen with someone's weight. But if they're exercising and they're adding more vegetables to their diet, then that's a good thing if that is what works for them. It's totally, it's totally true. And another thing is like, again, um, thinness is not correlated with health and fatness is not correlated with, um, you know, being inherently unhealthy. But again, even if that was so, uh, the thing that really seems to be correlated with unhealthy outcomes is yo-yo dieting, like you said. And there hasn't been any proof that folks who do lose weight actually have the same health status as folks that have been thin all their lives. Like they're comparing people that are thin all their lives and people that are been fat all their lives. And they're like, so if you lose weight, you'll be like the people that are thin all their lives. And like, that's actually (laughs) never been proven either. You know, like it's not really about your weight. It's just like sort of the way that everyone's body is. And so it's just so frustrating that it's like a multi-billion dollar community based Mm -hmm. on just like a total lie about health. And like you said, like there's so many things that we can do to improve our health if if that's something that we would like to do and Mm -hmm. have access to do. And um, none of those is obsessing over our weight. Um, And even the, you know, that stereotype can hurt everyone. Yeah. You know, I had a situation where I had to um, take my sister to the emergency room because of severe stomach pains. Mm -hmm. And my sister is much smaller height and thin. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, and so when the, it was really weird because when the doctor was examining her, she kept making comments about how it was so easy to check her stomach because she was thin and how she can tell how healthy she is because of her size. And it was like, she was specifically saying these things to attack me because I was in the room, but it also was shitty to me, but it was also, my sister was not healthy. Yeah. She ate horribly. She never exercised. She was in there for stomach pain, so you definitely shouldn't assume anything. Mm -hmm. And so it could have affected her health exam, doctor exam, with those stereotypes. Mm -hmm. And And there's also other people that aren't getting those messages of healthier eating or exercise because they fit the criteria of what they think is doctors call normal. And so, which is not healthy either so so it's just something where if you take weight out of the out of the equation it's just going to help everyone Mm -hmm. what was your relationship like with your body growing up was there a time when you weren't as amazing at being you know fat positive and body positive (laughs) oh I was horrible I hated myself growing up it was it was it was awful I spent majority of my childhood you know writing about how I needed to change and how no one loved me how did you like turn that corner um, well, I became obsessed with fitness and I wasn't becoming magically thin. Mm-hmm. And so it was one of those things where I, I had to ask myself, do I hate myself forever or do I accept myself? And when I decided I needed to accept myself, <laughs> that was just 
you know, the first step, because <laughs> it's really, really hard to uncondition yourself from what you've been, you know, socialized to think and feel about your body. Yeah. Um, Especially when everyone around you is still enforcing it. Like, you can't choose that everyone else also isn't, you know, <laughs> like, which is awful. Um, right. No, definitely. And I, you know, I wasn't being told by anyone else that, you know, I was desirable or love. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of joke that I need to write a book called Unfuckable. <laughs> Do that, <laughs> uh, but like it, in my fat activism, I mean, not my my, my vegan activism, mm-hmm. my animal rights activism, because I was pretty hardcore. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not respected and not given as much credit because I wasn't basically who the guys wanted to fuck, oh and though they were of course in charge of the animal rights movement at yeah. that time. Um, but then I also got villainized because I called them out on being mm. sexist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, I mean, it's just like this dichotomy where, you know, I didn't actually get into like a long-term real relationship until I was in my late 30s. And luckily I found a man who is amazing and compassionate and also vegan and loves my body. So it's nice. (laughs) So great. I'm so glad. You you. mentioned um, like fat-ass cheerleaders. Is that what that was? Can you tell me what that is? Yes. Fat Action Troop All-Star Spirit Squad. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) We won the Spirit Award one year from the Oregon Marathon, or mm-hmm. yeah, Oregon Marathon, because um, we like came out and cheered. Um, <laughs> so good. But we did shows and everything, and we had different cheers about how dieting is bad and being badass, and it was it was a lot of fun. <laughs> That's awesome. What kind of reactions did you get? Um, mostly people were pretty excited about us. Uh, we would oftentimes practice in um, Colonel Summers Park, mm-hmm. and people would definitely kind of give us looks like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but if you look online, you can still, you know, see some of our, you can find some stuff. There's actually a German, I think it was German documentary <laughs> that came out and videotaped us, so that was kind of interesting. <laughs> well, uh, what else should we know? <laughs> what else should we know about fat shaming and how to be less bad? <laughs> well, listen, um, you know, when people talk, listen, it's, you know, oftentimes people will ex- talk about their experiences. And I think those are real. Um, I once talked about because I no longer consider myself really fit right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been trying to get back there, but because of like a car accident in life, um, I kind of got out of my everyday stuff. Um but I'm, but I am, ex- I recently got, oh, I recently got into boxing because of fat girls hiking. Um, and they now do boxing once a month. And it's the most amazing thing ever. I never thought I would like boxing, but now I can pretend all the people that say stupid stuff online, I'm punching them. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. Yes. And they also do hikes and it's amazing. Um, and I don't know where I was going before I started thinking about boxing, mm-hmm. but... <laughs> But it's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Boxing is awesome. Uh, it's it's tomorrow, so I'm pretty excited. <laughs> I love that. Um, but there's lots of great stuff happening in the community right now. There's also Body Love Yoga that mm-hmm. Anna produces, uh, puts on every Thursday and I think Tuesday nights now at Gem Studio. There's, um, you know, last year there was a fat camp up in uh, um, 
on Orcas Island. I forgot exactly what it was called, but it was awesome. And that's a really interesting reclaiming, because, like, you know, fat camp is normally used as a phrase to, like, people, kids who are forced to go and, like, try to lose weight, but instead, like, fat cap is, like, go fat, stay fat, I assume. Like, celebrity yes. fatness, that's awesome. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and there was, like, all these outdoor activities that oftentimes are otherwise, you know, not as accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a fat camp happening in um, outside of Eugene later this month and the beginning of October. Um, and I mean, it's just amazing all the little things that are happening out there of people kind of reclaiming health and, and their fatness. And it's, it's really nice to see, um, before coming here, I also went to fat fancy mm-hmm. and I got a fat brat t-shirt that I'm excited about. Awesome. They also have a fat bitch shirt. So that's pretty cool. That's great. Huh? I've seen online a lot of bullshit where, like, anytime someone is fat and happy, they're like, you're glorifying the fat lifestyle. Like, are you trying to make kids? So, um, I was wondering, like, what the most obnoxious, like, sort of, like, troll comments you get are and how you uh, combat them. Hmm. I haven't had much in a while just That's because. Good. Yeah. <laughs> In all seriousness, though, like when someone's talking, putting their energies and their emotional labor into trying to educate someone and they're not listening and they're not willing to read links that they send and they're just being saying, I disagree. It's really condescending and disrespectful. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, before I started talking about that uh, fat girl Mm -hmm. uh, hiking and boxing, I was saying, listen, and that's the main thing. Listen to people's experiences. Do some research. Don't just generalize things. Mm-hmm. Don't dismiss. And I see that happening a lot. You know, I, I did have a friend once who didn't believe that I was once fit and fat and wanted examples of, you know, professional athletes that were fat. And it's just, it's, it was absolutely obnoxious. Um, and so we need to do, people need to be, do more as allies Mm -hmm. and step up when they hear things, but most important, listen and do research. Yeah. That reminds me during the Olympics, there was this really cool, uh, website that some Olympic affiliate made where like you could put in your weight and your height and it would say an Olympic athlete that had like your weight and height, which was actually really cool because they were such a huge spectrum of bodies that like pretty much no matter what body you had, there was like an Olympic caliber athlete that like had a similar body type to yours. And I I don't know. I just thought it was really, really cool. It made me really happy. That is really awesome. And I mean, it's, it's nice to see. I always caution people to say like all body types just because Um, oftentimes, like even with myself, I have to catch myself because even as a fat person, I have thin privilege because I'm thinner than other people. And so like with, you know, super fats, they have to deal with so much more oppression and bullshit Mm -hmm. in society than I could even imagine. And Mm -hmm. I already deal with way too much. Mm -hmm. And so it's also, I think also kind of remembering that, I mean, the fact that majority of you know, places stop at size 26 mm-hmm. is absolutely ridiculous, you know, and, and so I recently called another business out on trying to say something was now available for everybody because mm-hmm. it may ha- be available to more bodies, but not everybody. Yeah, that's something I've been really aware of. Um, I think I talked about this on an earlier podcast, but someone on Twitter called that out and was like, if you were straight sizes, which is like the term for non plus size sizes, um, try like only shopping at places that carry like plus sizes and then see how far up that goes and then when you notice that you can't shop anywhere um just start calling those stores and saying that you're not going to shop in them unless they accommodate like more and more sizes Mm -hmm. and I've been 
uh, thinking about that so much more and like really like if I'm gonna buy like I went to buy a shirt on Beyonce's store and the biggest size they had was like a size 10 and I'm like what are you like like I am not the largest person that wants to buy a Beyonce shirt like I am 100% sure that that's the case <laughs> so like what are you doing right. and just so yeah I think that's like a one way that, like, folks can be good allies is to, like, pressure those companies. Um, and those companies are telling people that sizes over that are not valid to them. Right. And that's wrong. And so... Or that they'll, like, uh, cost more money to make fabric. It's like, who gives a <laughs> shit? Like, raise my prices. Like, I don't care. <laughs> but um, that does come to a question that I wanted to ask, which is that, like, before I was talking about, like, trying to talk to, like, other folks with thinner privilege and be like, hey, can we, you know, stop shaming people? Uh, but... My heart really hurts when I see folks um, shaming themselves mm-hmm. and, like, putting themselves... Talking about their diets and, like, talking about their size in a disparaging way. Uh, but I also don't want to invalidate any sort of, like, pain they've been through mm-hmm. for their size. So, um, like, if I'm, like thinner than someone I don't want to be like it's fine like you've never encountered any problems for your weight so just be that weight and you'll be happy because like I'm not in control of how they you know like I'm not I can't make everyone else magically like stop bullying them or whatever and so I was just wondering if you had any advice for um when I would if I encountered someone who was sort of shaming themselves Mm -hmm. um and like a weight, like a coworker, for example, if there's anything that I can say that's not shitty. <laughs> well, I think, I mean, it's tough for me. I personally live by example. It's a little bit different because I am fat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I live by example, I can show, you know, people that, you know, it's, it's, it's okay to be fat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or it's okay to accept your body. Um, but I think, you know, depending on your relationship with the person, you know, giving them resources such as articles to read. Um, if you're Facebook friends, you know, sharing those articles about, um, you know, fat shaming and, you know, how that's wrong. Um, you know, because I notice I'll share a lot of those, but most of my friends don't also. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be great to see some of my thinner friends share articles and share it more. Um, but I, I, I have had friends where we, I almost couldn't continue trying to create that friendship because they were so body negative and I was able to call them out, but obviously again, it's different. So I think within, you know, if you're thin talking to other people with negative body, it's more of like trying to give them resources when it's, when it's possible. Mm-hmm. You know, another thing, just like with anything in life, they have to get to the point where yeah. they're ready. Totally. Obviously, no one can force someone else to become body positive. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, maybe there'll be a chance of a conversation, you know, like, you know, maybe that coworker, you can be like, hey, I just did this awesome podcast. You should listen. <laughs> it's about <Yeah>. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously, don't make it like that. <laughs> but, you know, tell all your coworkers. Yeah, totally. Uh, you know, but trying to, you know, slip things in here and there, it, it, it may not seem like there's effects right away, but it can happen with time. And I think it's one of those things where it keeps has to happen happening, you know, because I've seen friends which have made a huge difference changes with not being as body negative but then they slip because in society you know we're constantly told we're not good enough and it's hard to combat that with especially with everything going on right now um so i mean just trying to be as nice to one another as possible (laughs) yeah definitely i think that's generally always 
always a good idea. Thank you so much for talking about this. I just really appreciate you being so open and sharing so much. And I'm just like so impressed with um, just how like kind and friendly and smart and welcoming you are with someone who's like had to put up with so much bullshit. So no, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. I, you know, it's something I really love talking about because, you know, with talk, hopefully more people will listen and start yeah. changing their ways and speaking up. <laughs> I hope so. I'm getting so tired. I, um, I subscribed to this newsletter called Greatest that's like a fitness newsletter that mm-hmm. I started getting for my job and there will be articles that are like how everyone should love their bodies and I'm like yeah everyone should love their bodies and they're like how you know like every blah blah and then they'll be like how to lose weight and I'm like no we just we just went over this <laughs> like read your own articles we just said that like it's gonna the be the disconnect fun. is real and so I just anyway yeah right. so smash fat phobia All right, that's our show. But before we go, I want to give one more big round of thank yous to our Patreon donors. It's been a while since I've personally thanked them, so I just wanted to run through everyone's name real, real fast. And if you want to hear your name on a list like this in the future, you can go to patreon.com slash smash everything, throw in a dollar to a month or more if you're feeling generous, and uh, we'll use it to pay our bills. So thanks so much. Thank you to Catherine, Lacey, Nikki, Daniela, Jacqueline, Aubrey, Karina, Z, Derek, Michael, Emma, Susanna, Tori, Katie, Alex, Sarah, and Liza. And you for listening. Have a great day. Thank you.